On today's show, we break down the 10 high-performing habits of top entrepreneurs, which ones I've struggled with the most, and how Jay-Z became a billionaire. Hello everyone, welcome to the Top Line Entrepreneur. It is Tuesday where every day we bring you top tricks and tips and strategies to become the best entrepreneur that you can possibly be and take your entrepreneurial game to the top. Again, this isn't just pertaining to entrepreneurs, but it could be intrapreneurs, people who work inside of an organization, people like the Britster and the Blakester who are in here right now who oftentimes have to act and perform like an entrepreneur in some of their duties here at the Top Shop. Uh, We're shooting today at Top Line Gym. We're in the office right now that I used to get so excited about uh, getting in here and getting to work in here. Now I hate it and I'm ready to move on to the next bigger and better thing, which we'll talk about later in, in the episode. But welcome to the podcast. Again, my name is Brett Summers. If you don't know me, which you probably don't, because technically to everyone else, I'm still a rookie, even though I've been in the game for a decade. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been a business owner since I was 22 years old. I haven't worked for anybody since I was 18. And I've been starting businesses and growing businesses since I was just a young rookie in college during my fifth year in college, which we might even talk about college a little bit later (laughs) in this episode. But thank you for tuning into the podcast or YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're at. Again, my intention of any video that I ever do is to give you my best stuff, to give you everything that I know for free. So I, I can't really sell ebooks and um, like little like online products for $37.99 because I'm giving you everything I've got as it is. So I can't really do the whole ebook deal anymore. I did have an ebook once, um, raw strength accessory work for all you guys out there who bought that one back in 2012. Good book. Um, But today is an important episode. Before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsor, Ellen Co. Styling Salon in Thienesville, Wisconsin, the best hair salon in the country, in the world, I would have to say. People are waving the white flags. flags. Salons are going out of business. Michelle Sonore is the the owner and founder of Ellen Co., and she is taking over the industry, and not just for the hair side of things, but also for the education side of things, for stylists who want to grow, be creative, and take their styling game to the top. And some of these things that you hear in this episode of the podcast will also help anybody in any business, including people in the service industry, including people in sales, and including people in the sports arena, especially because that's what we specialize in. So today, we're going to break down the top 10 things that can make you a high-performing entrepreneur. Now, these are all really simple things. I got an apple on my desk today to kind of uh, signify how simple these things are. It's kind of as simple as an apple a day. But... If you're not aware of them, if you're not thinking about them, you'll probably mess up and screw up much like I did. And again, I'm trying to give you my best stuff. I'm trying to get you to avoid being a rookie. I'm trying to get you to avoid doing things and making rookie mistakes like I had to make because I A, didn't seek out mentors when I first started, and B, podcasts and YouTube videos like this 
were not quite the normal thing. I was making videos, but not everyone else was, so it was hard for me to get information from you know high entrepreneurs like Gary Vee, who was still doing Wine Library at the time when I first started, or uh, Grant Cardone. I think he was still more 2X than 10X at the time. I don't think he was doing as much in 2008 or nine when I first started. So you guys have the benefit to pass up all those things. So let's get into it. I'm gonna break down these 10 things, and there are a few I wanna kinda of examine a little bit further so you can break them down to help you out. 10 habits of high-performing entrepreneurs, they think differently. Number one, they think differently. And that kinda of goes without saying, but to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a little crazy. You have to be a little bit of a freak, kind of a weirdo, a control freak, or someone who thinks that, um, that everything that's being done out there is is not being done to the to its best of its ability. Again, that kind of goes into number two. They always think that they can do something better. Entrepreneurs always look at things and want to iterate on them or they want to give their own perspective of them or try and make them a little bit better. You see that with Jeff Bezos. He started as a small little organization selling, what was he selling, books or shoes, Amazon? It was one of the two. Uh, maybe Zappos was shoes. I think he was selling books. And then he proceeded to sell the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Now he's a billionaire, everybody thinks he's smart, but it was because of his creative mind and always looking at things and thinking, how can we do it a little bit better? Just like today on this video, we looked at yesterday, we assessed how we were uploading these and how we were going into distribution mode on this as far as the social media side. And Britt and I kind of went back and forth and she said, well, if we upload to Spotify, it's gonna go a lot quicker than if we upload to YouTube and we're not driving traffic there. So while we want it to live there, we might be better off uploading YouTube at night to free up some of the technology so that we can continue to deliver stuff on a consistent basis throughout the social media platform. So just simple things. They, they always look at how they can do things better. Number three, they are producers, not consumers. Consumers go and buy, uh, buy cars and clothes and shoes and, um, and all the bling, right? They go and buy stuff. That's, what they, that's how they view money as a tool to be able to go buy things for themselves, okay? They go on social media and they're looking, maybe watching a video like this. They're not trying to learn and grow from it. Um, they're just consuming it passively. They're, 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 it's like watching a Netflix series. They're just consuming and consuming. They're entertaining, they're entertaining. And I learned very early, it was 2009, uh, and my mom bought me a success magazine, and in there was a CD. And on that CD, it said that you have to change your E to E ratio. Education versus entertainment. And the education versus entertainment. Education is, is learning, it is producing, it is, it is giving you information to where you can go produce more. Now, the other E, which is entertainment, entertainment is watch TV show, listen to music, uh, go to the, the football game, listen to the football uh, banter at work. That's entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. It was Brian Tracy who said that you have to switch that ratio, flip it. You have to go and educate yourself and, and listen to things that are gonna be uplifting and, and, and educating and grow your mind and grow your thought process if you really wanna be a high performing entrepreneur, which I think if you're listening to this, you probably do. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, you wanna be productive. And to be productive, you can't be consuming all day you have to be educating and then producing with that education you get. Now, the next one is number four, they enjoy failure. And I put in parentheses on that one, in some sick, weird way, they kind of enjoy failing because it means that they're pushing the envelope a little bit. Regular rookies out there, they don't fail often. If you go ask somebody who's living kind of a normal, complacent life, or even an entrepreneur who's just been following the status quo for a while, you say, what was your, what was your most recent failure? 
me and Blake. Blake's in here today, head coach of the top line seven on seven. Me and this dude failed countless times just this year alone, but we also succeeded throughout the failures and we continue to succeed and we continue to fail, right? So number four is they enjoy failure in some sick, weird way. Number five, they, they know their numbers. Entrepreneurs know their numbers. And if they don't necessarily have the time to know them anymore, they have the intelligence to hire someone else who can know them inside and out and be able to relay that information to them in a profit loss statement, in a daily, um, a daily update on their accounts so they have no, know how much cash flow they have, how much leverage they have with the bank, and how much they can inject back into their business and marketing and, and different um, tools and, and uh, equipment and vehicles and things of those things and employees to where they can grow. Britt was like, yeah. Employees, yeah. stack that money up. So you got to know your numbers. Number six, and we're, we're cruising through these, they are constantly developing their leadership skills. Anybody who is an entrepreneur, that title, entrepreneur, like even the name of this, I only use it because everyone thinks entrepreneur is cool. Because it's just, it's stupid. Like it's stupid. It entrepreneur means nothing anymore because everybody thinks they can get in the game. And while I respect it because that's what, what I am, I'm, I think it's more of a leadership thing. A true entrepreneur is a leader. They build up a team. They grow. They do bigger and better things. And anybody who wants to be a leader, and I learned this in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell in a book that I read many years ago and about 20 other ones like How, how, how High to Climb and um, all these different things from John C. Maxwell, great leadership expert, is you should always be trying to raise up other people. You always need to bring up your leadership skills so that you can grow your organization, so you can grow yourself and you can grow the people around you. Like I want Blake and I want Britt and I want anyone else who comes onto this team to freaking grow as individuals. And I hope that they can see that. Do you guys ever see that? Or are you like, oh, yeah. eh, this All guy? The time. Okay, so I like that. Me and Britt Friday, we shot a video and right after the video, we, I, like, we went on like a 45 minute. Easily. Kind of like more, rant. I wasn't, we were just talking about some things you could do, right? Oh yeah. It's good stuff and that's important. And then they know you're with them. You want them to grow. Number seven, this one's got a few things in it, but they have self-discipline, okay? And this is where a lot of the young entrepreneurs fall short, and we'll go into that in a minute, is they wake up early, they go to sleep early, they know what their objectives are for the next day, they have a plan and a game plan for what they're going to execute, they show up early, they're prepared when they do show up, they're preparing things. They know how things should look, right? We just spent like, what, six, 10 extra minutes setting the camera up right here because I had tried an angle that I liked before and then maybe the person that you're working with didn't see it. So you have the self-discipline to go do the work so that you can be prepared when you come in and know what you actually want to get out of it, what works and what doesn't. Um, basically, you've got your you-know-what together. And every entrepreneur, everybody who considers themselves an entrepreneur or leader, you got to have your stuff together before you can lead anybody else. And I think that's the hardest part uh, of leadership is having your own game together before you get into it. 100%. Again, number eight now, we're going into the next one. They know their vision for their organization and they know which road they have to take to get them there. Now, again, you're always going to make iterations. You're always going to be trying to do something better, bigger and different. But what happens is you have to have a path that you're going down so that even if the path gets a little rocky, you know how you can make the adjustment and then get back on that path. So every entrepreneur has to have an idea and a concept that they're sticking with. You can't always be chasing this or chasing that or chasing the next thing. You have to know what road you're going down and be very detailed about it. Number nine, they understand that sometimes 
You have to lose a battle to win the war. Sometimes you got to lose a, a client or sometimes you have to upset a few clients because you're making a new decision that suits your business because you know three to six months from then, if you make this change right now, which is uncomfortable, you're going to lose a couple of people. You're going to lose a couple of bucks or maybe you're going to do the right thing in a situation and that might cost you a couple thousand dollars or you might lose a little bit of money or time. You're going to take that because you know in the future, it's going to grow your business. It's going to take you to the level that you want to get to. It's going to take your game to the top. So they always understand sometimes you might lose a little something, but you're going to lose now to take five steps backwards, to take 330,000 steps forwards. Um, and that's something I did over the last few months too. I had some uncomfortable stuff I had to deal with and take care of. Um, but now we've put ourselves in a position, I would say, of mass destruction. So be on the lookout for a lot of stuff coming our way because of a few few strategic decisions. Um, and number 10, this is, the, this is a big one, they're always expanding. While we're not chasing all sorts of different things, we know the road we're going down, we want to make that a big road. We want to make that a California highway. We want six, seven lanes, baby. We want to be rolling deep. We want, when I say Blake and Britt, I really like to say Blake and Britt and Danny and John and Phil. I'd like to say like 80 people, right? And I want them all thriving and flourishing. And we found out we're doing so much sometimes it's like, dang, it's a lot of stuff we got going on. So every entrepreneur needs to expand and think beyond what they're doing. And now here, let me tell you which ones I struggle with most. Number four and number nine. Number four is they enjoy failure in some sick, weird way. And number nine is they understand sometimes they have to lose the battle to win the war. Now, I'm 33. I started this when I was 22. So a little bit over a decade. And those were the things I struggle with most is because I'm a young guy, I want to win. I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I'm a division one athlete. I'm, I'm a college baseball player. I'm, I'm a strength athlete. I lift. I'm strong. I always want to win. But sometimes you have to have that long-term patience to understand that I'm going to try some things and I'm going to fail. I'm going to try some things that are not going to work out. And I, I opened a supplement business. And while it didn't fail, it didn't make necessarily the millions of dollars that I, everything I thought, you know, was going to be just the biggest thing ever, right? Now I, I coach a base, I'm, I'm doing a baseball program where I'm coaching baseball skill work. It's not the gym anymore. I'm doing baseball stuff. I've got batting cages. I'm doing the whole nine. Um, I've tried to do um, all sorts of different businesses. I, try, I, I, I was part of a trucking company, a four by four trucking company. I thought, okay, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to blow it up a little bit out of my wheelhouse. So again, understanding though, if I understood going into it, this may fail, but it's all good. I'm just going to get everything I got. I could have handled it better. I could have approached it better and had a better strategy. <clears throat> Number seven. Again, thank you guys for joining the podcast. I feel like I'm cruising through this pretty quickly, but what are we at right now? 14, 14 minutes. Okay. We're going to keep cranking this. So you guys don't have to listen to me fart around on here forever. Number seven, another thing that I failed with, um, and it's weird with this one because sometimes it was good and sometimes it was bad is the self-discipline part. Waking up early, going to bed late, um, showing up prepared. Uh, I think that I struggle with that. And when I assess myself, I know that when I'm on point with that, I'm feeling good. I know I'm living up to my potential and I'm actually getting to the point where sometimes I'm like, at the end of the day, me and Britt talk about sometimes at the end of the day, I'm looking around and I don't even know what I just did because I did so much. And then there are other days where 
um, you know, I'm tr because of those other days, because I'm not planning it out, I might try and do that to where I wake up early. I used to wake up at 3 a.m. before I wanted to knock the wall out and expand my business from 2,400 square feet to 6,000 square feet. I would wake up at 3 a.m. I would work t 24 hours straight till I couldn't even think straight anymore. And I would usually stay up till about 12.31 and then I'd be back up again by three. Unsustainable, right? I listened to too much ET where he would say, sleep is for suckers. So I was like, sleep, I don't need it, I don't need it. And then I realized the cold hard truth. You need sleep, you need to take care of your body. And as a fitness professional, I teach other people they need seven or eight hours to limit injuries. Um, I did get injuries from, from trying to deadlift. Uh, I tried to rack pull. Uh, 525 pounds at, at four in the morning because oh, <laughs> because I and I watched that the rocks up clanging and banging at 430 <laughs> not realizing that the rocks probably running a little extra uh, juice in the system so he can get away with some things that I can't get away with shout out to the rock I love the rock it doesn't matter if he's using he's using hard we know it dude's all jacked up man you can just tell go look at some rock pictures from 2000 and like four and then look at the rock now it doesn't usually happen that way when you're 47 46 shout outs to the rock though you gotta love the dude guy works hard a little extra help but he works hard now let me get into this i think this is important because we're talking about the 10 habits of high performing entrepreneurs what did jay-z do differently than everybody else you guys know they're, they're acting like they don't know but i just told them what did he do differently than everybody else to become a billionaire or what did he do that to them apart? What do you guys think? What do you guys think out there listening to the podcast? Whatever just came to your mind, some of you might have it right, some of you guys might have it wrong. What he did differently and what he did the right way is he stopped being the talent and he became the entrepreneur. Jay-Z didn't become a billionaire because he was dropping Big Pimpin' every other week or, or whatever song he, he was dropping with uh, Justin Timberlake. What was that one? I really like that one. Suit and Tie? That's a good song, like if you're getting dressed up and ready to go out. But Suit and Tie and Big Pimpin' was not what got Jay-Z to become a billionaire. Jay-Z used that first part of his career to build up some money, to build up some influence, to build up the network, to build up the relationships. And then he leveraged all of that into multiple businesses, into, again, continuing to grow that network and continuing to grow his influence with people and his respect through people. And that's where you see a lot of rappers. They, they don't understand that they're in the game now rapping, but, you know, like Chief Keef, you know, you can't be out there taking people out when you're 50 years old. At a certain Snoop Dogg kind of, I think, you know, Snoop Dogg came in hard and then eventually he had to kind of soften up and all of a sudden it was like the dance songs and... And all that kind of stuff. But at first it was, you know, murder was the case that they gave me. You can't do that when you're 50 or 60. You start to lose that gangster. When you can only braid like one piece of hair right here and it's pulled back back to here, you know, or guys like me, you can only stay gangster for so long. So Jay-Z became a billionaire. <laughs> These guys are laughing. It's true. Like, oh you know gosh. what I mean? You can't be trying, you know, you only got a certain amount of time you can be hard right. to be that hard. Right? Unless you're like The Rock. Now, he keeps his youth through the fountain of youth that he's sipping on or whatever it is that he's, that he's <laughs> he got really going does. on. You can keep that for a while, but at a certain point, you got to get smart. So, Jay-Z became an entrepreneur. He leveraged that. He, he took some of those. Th I'm sure he's doing all those things in there, and I'm sure even Jay-Z struggles with something on that list. And what Jay-Z will do differently than what I did over the last 10 years is I would always try and fix some of those things that I was weak at. Year nine, 
eight, nine, 10, I started to realize if I can hire people, if I can bring people around me who are really good at the things that I suck at, which is a lot, I'm terrible at a lot of things. Um, and I even just need people to be around me to be realistic sometimes because I'm very, very, very unrealistic. I'm a little crazy. I'm a little out there. I think everything's possible. I think everything can be done in five minutes, right? Oh, Remember? yeah. Everything. Don't, wouldn't you agree? What, what would you say that I'm super unrealistic with just about everything or time? Everything. Or time. Expectations. expectations. Yeah. You're so, a little crazy. Right. So, but you got to know, you got to be self-aware. That's another important thing. It is another habit. I should have had that on there, self-awareness. You got to know who you are. You got to know where your weaknesses are. You've got to know where your blind spots are and you have to change your thinking. So what I'm doing now is if I'm this apple and this is my thinking, what's inside of this apple right here, if I'm, if I'm in my head all the time and I don't pull myself out and look at myself, now I pull myself out and I go, dude, you got to calm down. You got to relax. You, you can't, you can't possibly think I'll still think that big, but I'll also have that, that knowledge now, that higher level of thinking that everything that's in this little brain of mine is not always possible, but I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it's like, you ever listen to Gary Vaynerchuk? He's like a walking, talking contradiction. He goes, I, I don't care about what anyone says about me. And then the very next sentence in the book will be, I care massively about what everyone thinks about me. And I think you have to have that, that, that kind of that back and forth ebb and flow, that double-edged sword of, of caring and not caring or thinking crazy and then also having that reality um, and making decisions based in reality and believability rather than just being pie in the sky. So now I want to open it up to some questions from the guys that are in the office or from the, from the squad that's in the office. I call everyone guys. So we got gals, guys, women, men, whatever you'd like to call them. Don't get mad at me. What questions would you guys have about becoming a, a entrepreneur, entrepreneur? What would you? Get this dude a mic. Get this dude a mic. He's about to speak out without a mic. So what do we got, Blakester? Um, like, when would you say it's like you're moving too? Like, did you ever realize like if you're moving too fast, like, oh, I, I want, you know, this, that, and this right away when it wasn't like realistic, you know? Yeah. Moving too fast. See, that's the, that's the double-edged sword because I feel like you need to be moving fast. Yeah. I feel like you need to be moving. And I think that's the reason why I'm in business 10 years later is because I would make adjustments quickly. I'd get popped in the face. Mm -hmm. And instead of just laying down for the 10 count, I'd get back up quick, but I'd be dazed. You know what right. I mean? So I think you need to move fast, but you need to have that understanding that while you're moving fast, you're going to screw up like we did. Yeah. And then what do we do? We didn't screw up and then go lick our wounds for a month. Yeah. We screwed up. We messed up. We're like, this isn't working. And I'm like, we just need to do more. Mm -hmm. We need to put more. We need to put more wood in the fire as far as speed is concerned. And if you can have a team around you, you can move fast because when you get all these balls up in the air, then other people are there to catch them. So I think move fast and, and make mistakes quickly, but then try and build a team and a staff around you who can catch some of those things and run with the, the ball when, when they get it in their hands because you might be moving so quick that while it might be a good opportunity, if you try and follow every opportunity, you'll end up with that shiny object syndrome we talked about earlier where you're kind of going off yeah. on a tangent. Um, so for like young entrepreneurs... Good questions from the Blake's um, here. Who was like your very first guy that you're like, yep, this guy's got it. I want to do or think like... Like he does. Right? I wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't anybody in the fitness 
um, gym space, personal, like I want to be a personal trainer, but I quickly realized if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to follow business people. And I go back to that time where my mom gave me the success CD and I told, tell Britt about this all the time. I listened to the success audio. Darren Hardy was the guy who was introducing it. And I, I love Darren Hardy. And he was interviewing all these successful, he was doing what we're doing right now, but with people who had achieved massive, massive success. And it was, um, Chet Holmes and Brian Tracy on that first on that first audio and then Darren Hardy himself speaking. And I learned so much from those guys. I listened to that over and over and over. I was talking about unique selling propositions and knowing the psycho and uh, all the psycho and, and, and dynamics of your of your future client that you wanted to get and who your ideal buyers were. So they were talking about the dream 50 strategy. You find who your 50 biggest, you know, we, we did this. Yeah. Who are you targeting? What do they like? What do they need? How can you speak to them? And how can you market to them? And that's just what I went after. So it was people like that. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk had the book, Crush It. So he had the book, Crush It. And we're talking like 2008, 2009. So that's where I started shooting all the YouTube videos and the bench press video and the car buffer video and the flip stuff. So we've got, we've got this all documented since 2008. Because when I read it and I read that book, it was like... You can you can do what you want to do and make a successful life out of it, but you're gonna have to. It's gonna suck for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I just bought into it. I just bought into the whole concept. It just seemed easy, and that's what the way things were going. It's 2008. The market was at its worst ever. We're going into like this deep depression around here in in the country. There's no money. There's no lending. There's you know nothing's going on. But the internet's coming out. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can do Facebook and MySpace and, and all this stuff, and the business just went from there. So MySpace. MySpace, man. Get that back. Get that when back you're old. That's when you're old. Any other questions, or you got Britster up? Brit, you got oh, yeah. Brit. What do we got, Brit? Brit's got a question. So when you throw it back all the way to when you were like 18, 19, 20, 21, you said you started it when you were 22. Did you always have a vision of what you wanted to do? You might as well just take out like. 19, 20, 21, 20, 22, in that frame from 19 to 22, I start. I fell in love with getting big and, and, and being in the gym. Um, it was for my sport. It was to become the best athlete that I could. And then there was it was 50% that and it was 50% ego and insecurity. Okay. Now, in between that phase from about 18 to about 22, I went through some of the biggest, craziest changes in my family life and some really, really hard stuff. And I was put in position, I was put in a position where I I was forced into a position where I had to literally go from the age of like 21 to when I turned 22, I was a man, like the man. And I had a lot of responsibility and weight and pressure that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And that forced me from there. I couldn't think like a kid anymore. I couldn't think like an idiot anymore. And I honestly kind of take 21 from the time I was a young kid to 21, I was I was a, I was an idiot. I wasn't the way I wanted to be. I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't. I didn't always know what I wanted. I didn't always know those things. I'm grateful that God kind of put me in that situation where I had to man up. And I feel like God, because I'm a religious dude, and some of you guys don't like it, they will someday. You'll get to it. Uh, I feel like God, Jesus kind of led me down the path that I would end up being on. And if you saw it from my perspective and looked at it in hindsight. You might go, yeah, man, some of those things kind of lined up a little too weird to kind of, you know, be true, to yeah. just be, your, it definitely wasn't my work. 
if I, if I put it that way. But I was led down that path and all these things lined up to kind of get me to where I was. So it wasn't always entrepreneur, but I had to go through something really hard to be able to bone up and do it. And I think a lot of people out there can relate to that, right. that position. No other questions? Nothing for me. <laughs> Nothing else from the Britster. If you guys have any questions out there in podcasts, YouTube, Facebook land, I'd love to help you. I hope you got to know me a little bit better, where my thinking is and what I think would help you guys out as entrepreneurs. Um, I will be interviewing quite a few entrepreneurs for this show via video, teleconference. You don't have to live here. So be on the lookout for that. If you are interested in being on here, reach out. We would love to talk with you and get different insights from different entrepreneurs. And you don't have to be a Fortune 500 guy or gal either. We just want to get people who are like-minded thinkers into a creative environment to where we can kind of spill some of those strategies and secrets and give your best stuff. Give your real stuff. Don't give the fake stuff. People can tell. Do you guys think I come across as real or fake in these? For real. No, tell the truth. No, for real. Okay, because I'm hoping. For real, for real. I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean... You can tell when someone's being fake. You can tell when somebody's putting on a show. I want to be in it. I want to be, you know, have some energy to it. But at the end of the day, um, you, you got to keep it real. And that's what we're hoping any guest does on this show. Um, again, my name is Brett Summers. I am the head strength and conditioning coach and business owner here at the Top Shop in Glendale, Wisconsin. But without the team and the people here and the members and the wonderful relationships I have, I would just be some scrub with no hair and a good set of legs. I've got some strong legs. That's about all I got. But outside of that, I'm just an old fart now trying to make in the game and help people out. So if you guys need anything, hit us up. Let us know. We're at, at Top Line Gym on Instagram. I'm at Mr. Brett Summers on Instagram. We might even change that because the following count is not where it should be. It's got should be a lot, but we got to offer more value to get it up. Remember, guys, all these things to be a top entrepreneur, to be a top entrepreneur, simple as an apple a day. Eat your apple, get your get your 10, get your top 10 things done, work on those things. And if you struggle with them in the beginning, be patient with yourself because it's a long, a long game that we're playing here. And if you're 20, don't don't force things. Get let things let things roll out smoothly. You don't need to have the whole world figured out. Even 24 or 25, you're still a rookie. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in and uh, be sure to share this with your friends who might also be interested in the top line entrepreneur podcast.